Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. A couple rebel top gun pilots flying with nowhere to be. Mm. Don't know you super well, but I think that you might be the same as me. Behave abnormally. Let's let things come out of the woodwork. I give you my best side, tell you on my best side. Yeah, awesome, right? So let's let things come out of the woodwork I give you my best life, tell you all my best life See me rolling, showing someone else love Dancing with our shoes off, no, I think you're awesome, right? Presented to you by your neighbors and friends at Craft Beer Cellar 2801 Magazine Street. That's near the corner of Magazine and Washington in the Garden District of New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm Ryan Hancock. Wap is my co-host. And you can follow us on Twitter. RHancock19 is my handle. And also, Courtney, you can follow Wap at Courtney Hendricks. That's C-O-U-R-T-N-E-E. Hendricks, like Jimi Hendrix. So that being said... You can listen to us, as always, on iTunes. We're part of the Double Overtime Radio and Kids Wear Crowns Network. You can listen to it on iTunes as well as other, as your favorite uh, podcast uh, provider. So we're going to jump right into the podcast. And WAP, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. How about you? Our long national nightmare is is almost over. We're almost hey, at the time that? where we, we – that means we're close to football season. 
Oh yeah, man. I've been waiting on that all year long since the last. I mean, football season. Like this is the very first podcast of the football season. So that means you know we're going to be talking about football, but we're going to. But first, we're going to jump into our first topic. LeBron yesterday opened up a brand new elementary school in his hometown of Akron, Ohio, and you know I grew up. I, I wouldn't say I grew up privileged because it's very hard for me to say that I grew up privileged. But the one thing I thought about when he opened up his school, and I'm going to tell you this story, and then I'm, I'm going to tell you this story, and I'm going to shut up and let you talk. When I was, a, well, a couple of years ago, I worked um, at the, in an ice cream company. We had, like, the little vending. We were, like, vendors. So we sold ice cream along in the French Quarter. So one day I'm standing and I'm selling ice cream and stuff, and there's these kids that's selling water um, along the river. Like, we have a park here called Woldenburg Riverfront Park. So I walked over to them, and I asked them, okay, what you selling the water for? And I bought one of the waters from them. I didn't care if they were cutting into my money. I really didn't care because they're kids. And I felt like, hey, they deserve to earn their money. They deserve to make their own money. But they told me they were selling the water so they could buy school supplies. So their mom came over, and I talked to their mom, and I told her, look, I'm going to buy school supplies for your, your kids. What turned into that, what turned into buying school supplies for one kid, I ended up buying $700 worth of school supplies, raising money to buy school supplies. And there were like bags, right, Wop? There were like 20, 30 bags of stuff. I remember uh, walking to the school that I had to uh, deliver them to. It was a Samuel J. Green School on Valence Street because it was the only school that was halfway between the radio station I broadcast from on Wednesday night and my house. And I told them, I said, I don't have any kids. But I was privileged enough to get what I needed for school. But there were kids around me that weren't that privileged. And one of the things was that I was taught was if you been if someone blessed you with something, you'd be a blessing to the next person. And I remember my landlord, he comes in, he sees this. He's like, Ryan, what you doing? I'm like, these are like school supplies. We have like school we have supply boxes, crayons, pencils, notebooks, backpacks. People that were even the street bombs, even the bombs donated money to me. The bombs in the quarter, because I knew some of them. They donated money to me. Whether it was like they donated, one donated like five bucks to me. And there was like $800 worth of school supplies to this school in up, Uptown. Because I say there are kids that don't have their, whose parents don't have the wherewithal to buy school supplies. So you know what? To take the stress off of those kids, those kids' parents, I'm going to do this for them. Because I want to be a blessing to these kids, and I'm not doing it. I don't want you to. I don't want to do it because I want praise for it. I do the. I uh, I wanted to do those things because I wanted to help kids. And and to look at LeBron and seeing that he's using his platform for good, and he's inspiring other NBA players to do the same thing, even though it's not opening up a charter school. It's doing, you know, whether it's backpack drives or, or feeding the homeless. LeBron is actually inspiring people. And what he's doing now, as opposed to what other, the other generation, the gen, generation of Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley and Patrick Ewing, I mean, Patrick Ewing and all those guys, they were great players, but you never heard of them doing things like this. Like when you look at this generation of basketball players like Carmelo Anthony, like Carmelo Anthony, like Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul, LeBron James, Steph Curry, James Harden. You look at those guys, these guys are basically using their platform to help the greater good, to help other people. And that's something you can't you can't you can't put a price on. I definitely agree. And um 
it's, it's great that they're doing that too because it sets a, a precedent for other. Hopefully, it will set a precedent for for other. I mean, athletes period these days do a lot more philanthropy type events, but it's just great that. I mean, this is just. I think this is just on a whole other level. I I don't think anything has ever been done like this before, and you just have to really apply applaud LeBron for what he wants to do for his hometown. And he has done a lot for it. He's probably he's done more for for Akron, Ohio than probably anybody, honestly. He he I mean, that I can think of personally. He's done a lot for that city. So I know they're proud to have him be from there and I mean, regardless of basketball, any of that, he's just been a great human being when it comes to the thing that, that strikes me about this is that people always want to say that Michael Jordan is the GOAT. As far when it comes to like basketball, I'll say Michael Jordan is the GOAT. It's sort of like with Phil Jackson. Like people can sit and say Phil Jackson is the greatest basketball coach, greatest NBA coach um of all time. However, if you really want to, if you really want to look at it, I will put Greg Popovich as the goat when it comes to basketball to, to coaching, and not just coaching, but being a, a, a an awesome human being, because he's more understanding. Of he's more progressive than what Phil Jackson was. Phil Jackson is in the it's sort of like with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was a great basketball player, but you never heard of stories of him doing things like this because he just kind of like put his and I and I'm not, I'm not saying he was always putting his head in the sand, but I think he just wanted to play basketball. He really didn't care about the whole political thing, the political stuff. Same way with Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley was a great basketball player, but he didn't really want to do the whole role model stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know that I can. I, I think it's great when when they do give back. I think I, I love it. I think that they should, but I don't think that I can say that a person is a bad person if they don't. But I mean, right. everybody is entitled to their own opinions, and I do get that. But I just can't. I just won't say, "Hey, he's not donating anything. He's a he's a millionaire, but he's you know, what I'm saying a worse person than." So, I mean, there's tons of people who are millionaires who we will never even know exist who aren't who who do give and who don't give. It's just, I mean, it is what it is. You either you are or you're not. I don't think you should be victimized or criminalized if you don't. It's sort of like the thing about like people that tip. It's like okay, it's sort of like people that tip or don't tithe in church. And I said, you know, I can't really speak for everyone that don't tip or people that don't tithe. I know for a fact I try to tip when I can, whenever I go to a restaurant. If I got the money, if I got extra money, I make sure I tip. And I think, you know, in a city like New Orleans where the service industry is a big part of our of our um, of our uh, economy, it's like if you don't tip and you are on social media, someone's going to call you out for it. And, <laughs> and it, no, seriously, you got some people that do think that way. But I'm like, okay, I can't worry about what the next person's doing because I can only control what I can control, and those are my actions. It's that, that's the, that's mm-hmm. the way I feel about things. And in the case of, you know, in the case of, like, for example, Kobe Bryant, there are people – in L.A., people in L.A., they, I wouldn't say they, they they love Michael, I mean, not Michael, but they love Magic Johnson. They love Magic Johnson. Kobe Bryant is different because Kobe Bryant didn't resonate too much to the black community in L.A. They loved what he did on the basketball court, but he was not beloved. He was loved but he wasn't beloved. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Because, because Magic Johnson put his money into the African-American community. Kobe Bryant didn't do those things 
in in those in in the eyes of most black people from Los Angeles, he wasn't black enough for them because he was born into this into privilege. Even with the, when the rape case happened, they were like, okay, yeah, you're a nigger. You're still a nigger, regardless of what anyone says. You're still a nigger. But at the same time, they still didn't embrace him. Whereas yeah. Michael Magic Johnson, it's a different story. People, people in L.A. they love Magic Johnson. They he's beloved. Kobe is not beloved there. And I mean, and it's because, like you said, the philanthropy. And I mean, as a Kobe isn't beloved for multiple reasons, like. People just don't like Kobe as a person. Like even I think even if Kobe gave back and all that, he still does not get that type of love because of just because of how the kind of person that he was. I mean, he literally only cared about the like you say Jordan only cared about the game, but Kobe Bryant literally only cared about the game. It's like you wonder what he does now that he's not playing. So it's it it it, it I, that's why I think that he he's not like because of how he, you know, he's always been, it, to people, people always say he's, he's a selfish player and all that kind of stuff. You know, it was a multiple reasons why people did not like him. And I think the thing was, I think the thing that, the thing that always struck me is, was that a lot of players, and I made a remark, I said, well, no free agent until LeBron said he was going to L.A. When Kobe was there, they could not get free agents to go there in his last few years there, except Dwight Howard. And Dwight Howard hated playing with Kobe. Yeah, but, I mean, at the same time, you look at it now, it's like free agents, do free agents still want to come back? I mean, Paul George just did that to stay in Oklahoma. Like, I mean, I don't know if that's a Kobe effect or just people think that there's a lot of pressure playing for him. I don't know what it is, but it still seems to me like that still holds to be true. I mean, we had money to spend this year. Mm-hmm. And people still did not come up. And the only, we, we, I mean, we grabbed LeBron. That was great. Now, don't get me wrong. That's probably one of the greatest times ever for the, for, for the franchise. But as far as, like, that other player that we could have grabbed, we did not grab him then. And I know they say we're going to save the money for Cali next year, but what's to say the same thing that happened with um with with Paul George won't happen with Cowley. Maybe Cowley will start to like Toronto. I mean, I think that's something that nobody's really thinking about at the moment. Right, right. I, I, really I definitely agree. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it's just more than – I mean, like, I'm shocked we got LeBron, to be honest, because as a fan, I just haven't seen us getting any – Big names that we say that we're going to get, you know what I'm saying? And the last time we did get big names, we said we were going to get it, end up being a joke because they were all pretty much watched at that point. So, I mean, you just never really know how what the situation is. I mean, I I do think that Kobe kept. So, no, don't get me wrong. I, as a fan, I do think some people were intimidated by Kobe and not Kevin. But at the same time, as a fan, I'm seeing myself now like, damn, why are people still not coming? Right. Well, that being said, uh, Wap, we're going to get to our next topic after this music break, and then I'll be telling you what's going on at Craft Beer Cell-On Magazine. We're going to play some soul-to-soul jazzy groove, and we'll be right back with more on Last Guys and the Bleachers, presented to you by your neighbors and friends at Craft Beer Cellar 2801 Magazine Street. That's near the corner of Magazine in Washington in the Garden District of New Orleans, Louisiana, on the double Overtime Radio Network. Um, 
Guys and the bleachers, 151 Central, 50 with nine minutes to the top of the hour on Double Overtime Radio, the 151 here in New Orleans. And here's what's on tap at Craft Beer Cellar coming up on Thursday. They are going to be doing a uh, they're going to be doing a uh, a Parish Brewing uh, test uh, taste test, and that's going to be uh, Parish Brewery uh, Parish Brewery out of Broussard, Louisiana, August 9th. There will be the Legentis tasting, and then on August 18th, Port Orleans tasting. Those are the three tasting events that will be taking place. Um, and also, August 30th, Urban South tasting. They're going to be doing one at 5 p.m. The August 18th, Port Orleans tasting is at 1 p.m. And what they got new at Craft Beer Cellar, what they just added, they just added the Paradise Lost IPA from Southern Prohibition Brewing. Uh, I just ha- I had it at the uh, tasting last week with Southern Prohibition, and also on top of that, they also got the Bird Bath DDH Pale L. It's um, the Pale L is really good. It's from Wayward Owl Brewing in Central City, and uh, the last thing they got that's brand new in the store, in the store, folks. Let me tell you this: they got um, oh Lord. They also got the uh, Desire Batch 2 Nola Brewing Sour Ale, and then they also got Arabella, another Sour Ale from Nola Brewing. So those are the things that's going on at Craft Beer Cellar, 2801 Magazine Street. Ryan Hancock here. WAP is my co-host. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at rhancock19 and Courtney Hendricks, respectfully. So we get into our second topic of the podcast, and it's the Hall of Fame or not. Uh, section uh, segment. So this weekend we got players like Terrell Owens. Uh, who else? I think I forgot who else was going into the Hall of Fame and the Football Hall of Fame. I think it's Terrell Owens. Quick question. I want to. St- who else? I said, what class is this? The, the class of 2018. Uh, let me go to like Google. Brian Dawkins, Jerry Kramer, Ray Lewis, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Brian Urlacher, yeah, Robert right, Brazil. Right. Uh, Brian Urlacher as well. Brian Urlacher is going to go in. Ray Lewis, of course, is going in. Um, Randy. Randy Moss. Randy Moss. All Lives Matter. Uh, I beat a murder rap. Ray Lewis is going in. <laughs> So we go into this talk about Hall of Famers, and the first case we're going to 
examine is the case of Tony Romo. 34,183 yards passing. He has more passing yards than Steve Young, Kirk Warner, Sonny Jurgensen, and Troy Aikman. Is he a Hall of Famer or not? I, I say based on his body, based on his body of work, uh, and let's look at Tony Romo's stats. For 248 uh, touchdowns, he had a 65.3 completion rate. Uh, let's see how many yards, uh, how many times he, he threw for 4,000 yards, over 4,000 yards, four times. And he played in six playoff games. The thing I, I look yeah. at is, I, I, I think, no, here's my, here's my case for why he should go to Kansas. He is one of the best undrafted quarterbacks in NFL history. The problem with the thing that people don't get is that he played very well for for uh, for Dallas or uh, for a bunch of Dallas teams that were not that good. And more importantly, the Dallas front office, Jerry Jones wasted his prime bad with bad decisions when it came to uh, pick when it came to picking, you know, when it came to drafts when it came to free agent signing, I mean, he did not play with a true number one wide receiver until Dez Bryant got there, until Dez Bryant. So that being said, people are going to sit and say that he's not a Hall of Famer because he didn't lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl. He didn't lead them to uh, a Super Bowl or a Super Bowl title. But I think he should be in the Hall of Fame because you put in – the fact that he has more yards, and I'm, and as I said, I'm looking at his at the stats, the career passing yardage. Tony Romo, let me see here. As I said, Tony Romo has more passing yards than some of the, than some notable names here, and those names are um, Tony Romo has more passing yards than Steve Young, Phil Sims, who won two Super Bowls, is not in the Hall of Fame, and he threw for over 33,000 yards. But Steve Young, Y.A. Tittle, Troy Aikman, Sonny Jurgensen, Kirk Warner, um, and Lynn Dawson all got into the Hall of Fame. So I think, to me, I think Troy Aikman should get into the Hall of Fame. I think he should. I mean, not Troy Aikman. I think Tony Romo should get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, what's your opinion on that? I definitely agree, and I'm a Giants fan, so you know my relationship with them, but I definitely agree with you. I think that he's a Hall of Fame quarterback based off the fact that there are Hall of Fame quarterbacks with much worse stats than Tony Romo. And now people are going to argue that because Romo only won two playoff games, but if you look at the Dallas Cowboys last year when they did not have just look at the situation that it seems that they're in right now. That may have gotten better. But at the same time, that offense that that struggled with without Zeke, that was what Romo had in his prime years. You know what I'm saying? He was able to make and, – and also, from what Dan says and what multiple other Cowboys players are saying, the offensive coordinator calls repetitive things and that Romo would change at the line and – Create success. So I think that we got to look at the fact that he may have won more than he was supposed to instead of looking at the fact that he didn't win as much as we wanted him to. And, and I think that's the thing, because I, I used to tell people this all the time. I say, Tony Romo is not the problem with the Cowboys. The problem with the Cowboys is Jerry Jones. It's always, it's always going to be Jerry Jones until that motherfucker dies. Because and I love it. Tony I love Romo, every minute. because Jerry Jones wasted the careers of Des Bryant, Tony Romo. He wasted. I mean, he ran off Jimmy Johnson, and he wasted the last few years of Troy Aikman. So there is no way in the world you can sit here and tell me that Tony Romo was the problem in Dallas. No, he was not the problem in Dallas. It's Jerry Jones. It's always been Jerry Jones because Jerry Jones wants to put his hands in everything. That's why I don't think Jason Garrett will ever be fired in Dallas. And I, I hope he won't. 
<laughs> I mean, it, I mean, I hope. I mean, if you're a, a Redskins, Eagles, or Giants fan, you hope he doesn't get fired. But then, <laughs> yeah, but if you're a Cowboys, even you're when he gets out. fired, they're gonna still get. They're gonna have this. I, I'm, I'm, I kid you not. They're gonna get another puppet for 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 Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is the is ruining that damn franchise. He's been ruining for he's been ruining it for almost thirty years. So we get to our next top, our next uh, player on this list, Carson Palmer, Hall of Famer or not. I say, if Carson Palmer does not, if Carson Palmer doesn't get hurt in that playoff game against the Steelers, you are looking at probably a top ten. Great, one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. The thing of the matter is, he has over forty. He's at forty-six thousand two hundred forty-seven yards passing. That means he has more passing yards than Dan Fouts, Joe Montana, and Johnny United. More importantly, he was the linchpin of that resurgence with the uh, that resurgence with. The, uh, with the um, the Cincinnati Bengals. More importantly, he has 294 touchdowns. 294 touchdowns um, passing, which is, according to Football Reference, and I'm looking at this right now. Let me go. Let me go to the passing touchdowns. All right, let's see. All right, 294 touchdowns. That's 12th all-time. He has more passing touchdowns than Joe Montana, Dan Fouts, and Johnny United. There are only 11 players that have more touchdowns than Carson Palmer. Of those 11, Brett Favre, Dan Marino, Fran Tarkenton, and John Elway are all in the Hall of Fame. And Peyton Manning, of course, is going to be next to join. When when he's eligible – in 2021, he's going to be the next. He's going to be eligible for that uh, for the uh, the Hall of Fame. So he'll be on that. He's on that list to get into the Hall of Fame. I, I make a case for for Carson Palmer because he started the he he, uh, he started the uh, the resurgence of the Bengals. It's just unfortunate that he got hurt when he did. What's your opinion? I think he'll make it, but I don't think he'll be a first ballot. That's fair enough. I think he will make it, but I don't think that he'll be a first ballot quarterback. Because people are going to look at the fact that, yeah, he brought the Bengals back, but the Bengals, um, yeah, he did bring the Bengals back, but you got to look at how, what he did. Like, he really held back what could have been great with the cards. And, I mean, it's not all on him, but he had some pretty ball-headed playoff games as a card. And I don't know if mm-hmm. he had some – he had some outstanding regular season as a card, but he had some really bad ball-headed playoff games as a card. So, I think that there will be some arguing when it comes to if they're going to um, let him in when it comes to first ballot or not. I think I'm I'm with you on that. I think he's more of a second ballot. I don't think he'll get in on that first try. I'll say maybe the third or fourth. I mean, his, his stats are borderline Hall of Fame worthy. I mean, there's only 11 players that have more touchdown passes, more passing yardage than Car- Dan Carson uh, Palmer. So now we're going to go over and we're going to talk a couple. We're going to talk about two running backs. And the first running back on this list, I'm going to go with, uh, let's go with Edgar and James, 12,246 yards. One of my favorite players as a kid, I always thought he was a Hall of Famer. I mean, he played 10 years. He played 10 years, which is, by you know, in the terms of, 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 of running backs in the NFL, that's a long career. My get my. Uh, I want you to tell me. Do you think he's a Hall of Famer, or you think he's not a Hall of Famer? I do think he's a Hall of Famer, just off the fact that it seems like not only does longevity help you get in, winning rings uh, too. He won some with Peyton, right? 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that he's probably going to shoot him again. What is he going to be eligible is the question. I mean, you look at his... Is it after you look at... Is it at... You look at how many rushing touchdowns... If you look at his... Uh, at where he stands among all-time rushing leaders, he has three more yards than Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen played 15 years. Franco Harris, Thurman Thomas played 12 as well. But then if you look at the rushing touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, he had 80 in his career. That's crazy. He has 20. He's 20th all-time in rushing touchdowns. That's one less than Otis Anderson and Marshawn Lynch and Corey Dillon. Corey Dillon had 82. So, by my calculation, as much as I loved him when he played for the Colts, he's going to be kind of like on that Carson Palmer scale of being <laughs> borderline. I don't think – I mean, Sorry, I think he's still on – I think he's – yeah, I think he's still on that ball- – I think he's still on the ballot for 2019. Um, which would mean which would mean that he's been away that he's been retired for ten years. I do think he gets in in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty uh, into Canton. The next uh, running back that I want to debate is oh shoot. I want to go with oh Lord, I'm I'm trying to think one. I'm trying to think of one. Wow. Sean Alexander, 100 touchdowns. He played nine years, 9,453 yards uh, rushing. My thing is he doesn't crack. He, he, to me, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer because he doesn't crack that 10,000-yard rushing, that 10,000-yard uh, um, threshold. Also with I think also what we have to take into account with Hall of Fame is some guys get in, like those guys who you called out, those quarterbacks who you called out who had stats worse than Romo, some guys get in strictly off of their legacy and what they did for the game. Sean Alexander was the Seahawks for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think just off the strength of that, he probably he's probably just going to be a first ballot. Like, was, but like, I mean, you still about, the, he's still on the ballot because he he hasn't made it in yet. Because he yeah, has more saying, yards, he has he has more rushing yards than Herschel Walker, Roger Craig, and Earl Campbell. And Earl Campbell, he only has forty six more rushing yards than Earl Campbell. My thing is with with Sean Alexander is that. You know what was his legacy because. Until Marshawn Lynch got there, he was the greatest running back that the Seahawks had, he had ever had, above yeah, Kirk and Warner. He's, and he's and he's honestly still up there. He is the greatest Seahawk running back of all time because all his time was as a Seahawk, in my opinion. Like, he got all those yards as a Seahawk. Marshawn wasn't great as a um, Bill but he wasn't really a bad player there either. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of Marshawn's legacy, not a lot, all of Marshawn's legacy that most of us are going to remember is from the Seahawks. Don't get me wrong. I know that much. But I, what I'm saying is he was a Seahawk the whole time that he, of his career, and he helped them get to a Super Bowl that they lost by, like, four points. So, I mean, I just think that that's got a lot to do with it. One last running back, Ward John, Hall of Famer or not? He should be in just off of his philanthropy. <laughs> but um, I don't know. That's a hard one right there. Give me his – I mean, he was a three-time – I mean, he had 49 rushing touchdowns, but he got 10,967 yards. He ran for over 1,000 yards only five times. And it was three times from 2004 to 2006. Um, I don't think so. I mean, philanthropy, yes, but 
he's probably going to be into the – I'll probably put him into the Hall of Very Good. I mean, he was a three-time Pro Bowler, 1997 uh, AP Offensive Rookie of the Year. He was a cog in the, uh, in the uh, Buccaneers' resurgence as a franchise. Um, he, you know, I think he, you know, I think he, you know, as I say, he's a, he's a wonderful, wonderful philanthropist. He's from Baton Rouge, but I can't see him getting into the Hall of Fame. Because if you look at his career, one last thing, if you look at his career, and if you look at his, um, career, he's mushed for under a thousand yards. Out of those eleven years, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven times, seven times in twelve seasons, he rushed for less than a thousand yards. That is a lot. He wasn't really the type of back that I can recall that was a workhorse either, though. So, what about his passing receiving yards? I think I remember him being kind of a receiving back too back then. Well, did he get Did he get any receiving touchdowns and receiving yards? Mhm. So you have to take that into account too. His receiving yards. That's a hard one. That's thirty-nine yards. He had fifteen. He had fifteen uh, receiving touchdowns. It's a, he had a solid career, but like you said, it is hard to just commit to him being. I put him on that Carson Palmer list. I'm not sure if you want to say yes. Not sure if you want to say no. I don't know what round. I mean, what ballot? I don't know. That's a good. One. That's a good choice to choose though for the podcast. So now we're going to go to the receivers. And we got three receivers to pick from. And the first receiver on this list is um, Calvin Johnson. Hall of Famer or not? I think he's the first guy. Because he played in Detroit. He played in Detroit. He played in fucking Detroit. You deserve a fucking medal if you play in fucking Detroit. Do you realize yeah, that Detroit he, is nothing but a vacant lot? <laughs> I absolutely do, and I absolutely do agree with you that he deserves it just for playing in Detroit and off his career because he was a great wide receiver. I think that's a good I mean, like, and he not only was he a great wide receiver and all that, eighty-three and he had eleven thousand six hundred and nineteen um, receiving yards. Eleven thousand in eight in nine years of playing football in nine years, eleven thousand six hundred nineteen yards. Do you know where that ranks among uh, among you know all time? Well, apparently it's it not at? top twenty. It's not top twenty, but it's like uh, he has more receiving yards than Antonio Gates. The only Hall of Famer he has more wide receiver uh, reception yards than is, um, I would say, Lance Allworth, Shannon Sharp. So he has, he's like, if he had played at least two more years, he would have easily gotten into the top twenty-five of all time wide receiver when it comes to uh, reception. So I'm going with, yes, he deserves to go to the, he deserves to be in Canada because he played in fucking Detroit. You played in a vacant, in a city that's a vacant lot with light. And he did a lot when he did it too. So he did a lot. Yes, I say, I say he's first, first round, the first round, First round, yeah, first ballot all I agree. So now we go over to Sh- uh, Shoddy White, 10,863 yards as a wide receiver. That's uh, 36 all-time. He is by far the greatest wide receiver in the Atlanta NFL team's history. He has 63 touchdowns. 
recept uh, tennis, uh, 63 yard uh, receiving touchdowns and 808 receptions. Is he a Hall of Famer or is he not a Hall of Famer? Sounds like it by the stat, but I don't know. I you think he's gonna go first ballot? I'm gonna go with he's a, maybe a borderliner. I say he's his uh, career is on the same level as Herman Moore, who before Calvin Johnson was the greatest wide receiver in the history of the uh, Detroit Lions. Herman and, and I, I'll tell you this: Herman Moore. I always thought Herman Moore deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. I always thought he deserved to be in there, but he he'll never get in there because. One, he had 9,174 yards. And two, he played on some really bad Detroit Lions teams. But before Calvin Johnson, you could make an argument that Herman Moore was the greatest wide receiver in the history of the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I remember the name. I, I mean, he was a four, four-time four Pro Bowler, three-time uh, All-Pro. He was on the same level as Roddy, as Roddy White. I think before, when it's all said and done, I can see Matt Ryan and uh, Juanita Jones getting into the Hall of Fame. Definitely. So, you know, because I can see those two getting into the Hall of Fame. I can't see Herman Moore getting into the Hall of Fame because his talent were superseded by Calvin Johnson. One last wide receiver to look at, and, uh, and one last wide receiver to look at here is I'm gonna go with. I'm trying to think of one good, a good one here. I'm going with Isaac Bruce, fifth all time in wide receiver in receiving yards, fifteen thousand two hundred and eight. He has more wide he has more reception yards than Tim Brown and Tony Gonzalez, who I know for a fact will get into the Hall of Fame. Is he a Hall of Famer or not? I say yes because I'm gonna tell you why he yeah, played on that he, on those great Rams teams, and he should st- and he should be in the Hall of Fame. He definitely should be in the Hall of Fame. Not even a question, and not even just because he played on those Rams teams. He was a damn good wide receiver. He was a great wide receiver. All right. And the last I think one, that was an easy one. Uh, the last one, I'm going with uh, Steve Smith. Eighth all-time. He killed my Saints all the time. Steve Smith, 14,731 uh, reception, uh, receiving yards, and he also got 81 touchdowns. And um, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to say yes. Put him – he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He is the greatest wide receiver in the history of the Carolina Panthers. He – his accolades speak to, for itself. Five-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. You cannot leave him out the Hall of Fame. Yeah, just off the simple fact that he got small and dominated the game like he did, Isaac. <laughs> I mean, that's he was 5'9". This dude was 5'9", catching on 6'2", six, 6'3", six, motherfucker. I'm talking yeah, about... They, they, what they, were, and they, were, they were afraid of him, too. I'm talking about... I mean, that's I remember that thing. the game where he said, ice up, son. I'm like, dude, that's one guy that I would not want to be lined up with defending if I'm a cornerback or if I'm a safety. If I'm doing that, I'm praying to St. Joseph and I'm praying to St. Mary. And I'm not even fucking Catholic. But we're going to get to one last music break, folks. We're going to get to, uh, we're going to talk about the Terrell Owens situation. And we'll be back on the last guys in the bleachers. We're going to get to some music from Drake. Yeah. 
I'm upset. 50,000 on my head is disrespect. So offended that I had to double check. I'ma always take the money over sex. That's why they need me out the way what you expect. Got a lot of blood and it's cold. They keep trying to get me for my soul. Thankful for the women that I know. Can't go 50 50 with no hope. Every month, I'm supposed to pay her bills and get her what she want. I still got like seven years of doing what I want. My dad still got child support from 1991. Out of town. People love to pop a lot of shit and come around. Word of Flocko Jody, he done seen us put it down. Niggas asking if I'm cool, I'm upset. Hundred thousand on my head is disrespect. So offended that I had to double check. You tryna check? This is real life, niggas think we playing chess. So what's next? Jump up out the bed like I'm possessed I go out on tour and I say I'm drinking less End up getting loose and getting pictures from my ex SMS, triple X That's the only time I ever shoot below the neck Why you keep on shooting if you know that nigga dead? That's the only kind of shit that gets you some respect Got a lot of blood and it's cold They keep trying to get me for my soul Thankful for the women that I know Can't go 50-50 with no hope Every month She don't even love me, she just putting on a front She gon' try and settle out of court and make a run Then gon' ask me how I'm doing, I'm upset Half a million on my head I can't accept, yeah Beats that made me feel like someone tried their best, yeah Wanna waste a half a million, be my guest Make me wanna buy a vest and a tech But I'm blessed, I just check Hate me, never met me in the flesh Say she got some things, she gotta come here and collect That shit is in a box to the left, to the left Got a lot of blood and it's cold They keep trying to get me for my soul Thankful for the women that I know Can't go 50-50 with no hope
And now I'm worried about Demi Lovato. I'm like, damn, Demi Lovato, why you had to go back to doing crack? Didn't you learn anything from Whitney Houston? Didn't you learn anything from Whitney Houston? Didn't you learn anything from, like, look, look, we're a judgment-free zone, but look, Whitney Houston killed LSU basketball, okay? The night, like, I'm telling you, the night that she died, LSU played Alabama. She died 45 minutes before LSU played Alabama in basketball. She basically killed LSU basketball. She did put a curse on Alabama basketball because until 2018, Alabama did not win an NCAA tournament game. And and then for until 2016, Alabama did not win a game in Baton Rouge. So with the curse of Whitney Houston was destroyed by Alabama basketball. But LSU has not won a tournament. LSU has not won a tournament game, an NCAA tournament game, since Whitney Houston died. They were they well, were on the bubble. Back. No, they were on the bubble. We were on the bubble in 2012. And we basically bottomed out when we lost to Kentucky. The team that had Anthony Davis and I think Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, that team that won the national championship. But I digress, okay? We are back with more on the last guys in the bleachers. And if you've been listening live to us, remember, we do not chill on this damn podcast. This is not your dad's podcast. This is not your mom's podcast. My, I learned – I learned the other day that my mom is watching my Wednesday night show. So that's a story for another day. Big shout-outs to my parents. Big shout-outs to my mom. I'm pretty sure she doesn't know how to cook, uh, doesn't know how to fry pork chops. So uh, if you guys eat any pork chops from my mom, run, and uh, and also consult a doctor. Please consult a doctor because you might have the shit. We're going to shift over to Terrell Owens, Rob, and – at first, when I heard that he didn't want to go to Canton, I'm like, man, how could you do this? This is a big deal. This is a big honor. But then when you look at Terrell Owens and how the media portrayed him, I don't think I blame him for not going to Canton, even though a part of you wants to say, yes, you should go to Canton because you're being honored and you're, you know, you're being honored by your peers. If you've always been uh, slandered by the media and if you've always Mm -hmm. been shunned by the media and you now get your just due and you get your flowers, why would you go to a ceremony where everybody's just showing fake love to you? Exactly. I don't blame him. I think the reason why I don't blame him is because this guy has always been portrayed as a me-first kind of guy. And yes, there are some actions in which he 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 reinforced those perceptions. But at the same time, can you blame him for not going to Canton? No, because everybody who's going to be there are just people who dogged him out his whole career and post career. So no, I cannot blame him for that. I'm like. There is no, I don't blame him at all for not going. And you know, and I and to me, I thought he should have gotten in on the first ballot because I think he's one of the greatest wide receivers wide receivers of all time. And if he doesn't get hurt in the Super Bowl, he probably wins the uh, uh, he, the Eagles probably would have won a ring before this past year. And if he doesn't, I mean, and I take that back about what I said about Tony Romo. Tony Romo played with Terrell Owens. Yeah, and that's Dallas. what I was thinking. He said he didn't have a receiver to the But he did play with, he played with Terrell Owens, uh, Terrell Owens and Tony Romo. I, my mind was somewhere else. But my point is, I don't blame him for not going to Panthers. I don't blame him because he'd been slandered for all these years. And now you want to give me my flowers while I'm here and show me all this damn fake love? Fuck no. I'm going to do my own damn thing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I definitely agree. I don't think they should go either because 
the only reason, I mean, like, and then they're going to slander him more after this, so he's making the right choice. <laughs> Regardless yeah, of but look, if he went or if he did not go, he was going to get slandered. Right. But look, we got to get out of here, folks. It's been a joy recording this podcast with you guys. Ryan, Ryan McLaughlin, the guy that does all the production and all the stuff, he's going to probably have it up on the website pretty soon. You can watch us. You can listen to us every week. You never know what we might talk about on the uh, on the uh, last guys in the bleachers. That being said, for WAP, this is Ryan. We thank you for your time next time. And as always, we will see you down the road. All right, we're out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.